Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 17th episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. Thanks for tuning in, and make sure you share this podcast with your friends, subscribe, and drop a five-star rating. Give me a follow on Twitter at It's R.A. Kuhn, that's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N, to share all your thoughts and comments with me. That's where you can reach out to me to come on the podcast as a guest as well. I'm super excited to catch up with my buddy Kyle Glockler. Kyle is the Assistant General Manager, Team Operations, Ticketing, and Merchandise for the St. Lucie Mets, where he has worked his way up from an intern. Can't wait to catch up with Kyle right after this break. Kyle, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. How's everything going down there in Florida? Oh, it's going good, and uh, thanks for having me on. Um, we're we're kind of hanging in there like everybody else. Looks like we're slowly getting on the uh, the right side of this whole pandemic thing, starting to open up a little bit here and there. Um, and the weather's you know, the weather's always great down here, so everybody's itching to get outside and, and enjoy the. Uh, weather of course of course what has been keeping you busy during quarantine i think i saw some pictures of you doing yard work maybe around your new house yeah so like uh, like most people we've been you know sent home from work you know working from home which has its challenges and, and all that but, but um in the meantime we've been doing some home improvements around the house my girlfriend and myself we we did some landscaping we had in some uh some palm trees we Redid our garage, uh, did some painting, got some storage cabinets, stuff like that. Um, try and work out in the mornings a little bit. That way we can eat uh, bad in the afternoons, which we uh, know is inevitably going to be happening. Um, and then with work, we, we do webinars you know, almost every day. If it's with our staff, with um, the Florida State League staff, or I'll jump on some ticketing calls. Um, kind of... Okay go through that but it's definitely a lot of hanging out We've been knocking out netflix shows uh left and right absolutely and uh yeah just just trying to somewhat stay busy itching to get back and get working at yeah with with no sports on it's really difficult to to dodge like um oh let's start a new netflix show um but yeah we just started gray's anatomy which i've never watched before Oof. Yeah, I've and, never had that one either. Yeah, we're in. We're at the end of season two right now, but there's 16 seasons apparently. So, oh, okay. uh, it'll be good then through the summer. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good show, but yeah, I really miss sports. <laughs> yeah, we had um, we watched the last dance there with uh, the Jordan documentary, which is about as close as we could get to sports, which was great. And then yeah. the, um, the Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning golfing last weekend was. Just anything to kind of get the competitive juices flowing, but yeah, even start watching NASCAR a little more now, just for some kind of competition. Sure, sure, and um, yeah, I I actually started watching um, 
um, corn, like competitive cornhole on TV. Yeah, it's always <laughs> seems to be on ESPN now. Right. It was on last night, actually. <laughs> if, if you liked The Last Dance, you should listen to last week's episode of the Pulling Tart podcast. I have um, Kurt Bloom, who's the director of broadcasting for the Birmingham Barons, and he was okay. there when Michael Jordan played there. Oh, I'll definitely have to check that out yeah. and see what it was like from a like an employee inside perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So, Kyle, can you outline your daily duties during the season and in the off season? Yeah, so we kind of have um, two seasons: spring training and then our minor league St. Lucie Mets uh, season. So, mm-hmm. so I guess I get kind of start in in January. Uh, we get back from our Christmas break and. Um, Basically, uh, usually our tickets are on sale for spring training at that point. Um, season tickets, packages, and all the way up to individual tickets. So at that point, um, our box office is open five to six days a week, usually just closed on Sundays. Okay. Um, so I oversee that that whole setup for spring training um, as far as the scheduling. Um, obviously, I'm there Monday through Friday, and then depending on you know what's going on, I might be there Saturday with the, uh, the employees as well. Um, that's, that's mostly January. Um, another part of my duties is the merchandise world, um, which in January as well, stuff starts coming in. Uh, we right. get pricing, we get, um, sorting everything, start getting the store decorated up. So it, it's definitely really busy. And, you know, it's always in the back of your mind when you're home for Christmas break that, you know, enjoy it. This is it. You're not going to be, uh, having too much more free time. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, then, then February hits, and a couple of the uh, the major league guys will start trickling in. They do, you know, workouts on their own. Um, at that point, we will get some media coming down, and you'll you'll have a lot more fans in the area. Okay. It's not that we're open yet, um, as far as the practices go, but you know they'll wait in the parking lot, try and get some autographs. Um, which we don't necessarily mind because while they're waiting, they might come into the store, start yeah. buying some stuff, buy right. some tickets. Um, we're also, you know, mailing out all the tickets and, and kind of dealing with all that. And then usually it's right around Valentine's Day is when we open up to the public. Pitchers mm-hmm. and catchers are reporting. A couple of days later, the, the position players check in. And then we open up our practices free to the public um, every day from usually like 930 to 1230, depending on the coach's schedule. Okay. So when that happens, we usually get anywhere from three, four hundred up to a thousand people on the weekends. Wow! And it's just like I said, free for them to walk around, check the practices. We set up a big merchandise trailer out back um, where we can sell shirts, you know, autograph items, anything that's basically coming and has been ready. Yeah, we start selling that. Um, and then out front, when they exit, the ticket office is open. They can purchase their tickets for a game if they'd like. They can go into the main store, which might have some other products that, that we don't have out back. Okay. Um, that goes every day right until our first game. And then once the game starts, it's 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 a blur. It's it's nuts. We, um, <laughs> we usually get there. Our full-time staff gets there around 8 o'clock in the morning or so, 7.38, depending what's going on. We open the ticket windows and stores at 10. The gates open at around 11.30. Games 1 to 4. And, and then we we keep the store open until the last person walks out. So okay. At that point, if it's a back-to-back game, those are a little tougher because we have to restock the store that night, make sure it's good to go. Right. You know, we, we do we do really well in spring in the store. So it's 
it's a good three four hour restock. Um, but if it if there's not a game the next day, we kind of push that to the following day and sure. give us some more time, and that way we can get out of there a little earlier. Right. Um, so I think in spring there's one or two off days, which it's off for the players, whether it's off for the staff. It, it just depends what we have going on. Sure. Usually we might get one of those or maybe just work that morning from 9 to 12 and, okay. and then have a little free time. Uh, and then finally spring gets over with, the guys head for New York, and we uh, we have usually a week to two weeks to get ready for our St. Lucie season. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, kind of, it's plenty of time because we've already gone through – usually 15 games uh you know with 6,000 people in the stadium which you know we're not really drawing that for our minor league season so we kind of got the game operation down it's more of um kind of flipping the clubhouse to a st lucie setup okay um with spring there's obviously a ton more players a ton of staff comes down from new york so we kind of shut shut down a bunch of areas that we don't need you know in the summer there's say 15 staff and then you got 40 players and coaches so right you're kind of dropping down from maybe 150 people on site every day to 75, 80. Okay. Uh, we kind of shut the club out, like shut one of the clubhouses down, close out some office space that won't be used. Um, rearrange the store a little bit uh, with some St. Lucie stuff, but we're lucky. Like, I have a huge store, so okay. even in the spring, I put St. Lucie Met stuff out there too. Right. Just to try and, try and move it all. So Absolutely. there's not too much flipping there. Um, and then, uh, yeah. The St. Lucie guys come in. They come over from our minor league complex, which is right on site. Um, that's kind of where the team operation role in my my job takes over a little bit more. Okay. Um, I, I work with the coaches, uh, the players, umpires on game day, just making sure everything is, is how they want it. Visiting team, um, we schedule who's going to take BP at what time. Um, let them know, hey, we got some rain coming. It's Florida. Do you want us to pull the tarp? Do you not want us to? Do you want to hit in the cages? Okay. Just, just kind of coordinating all that stuff. And then uh, keeping the umpires in the loop, too, on what's what's going on. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what goes on on a game day. Non-game days, it's just our full-time staff. We're there 9.30 to 5.30, uh, Monday through Friday. Just kind of – like I do a lot of reporting, like from the ticket sales, the merchandise course, sales. Yeah. Uh, I collect data from the concession stands, kind of put it in a big Excel spreadsheet, uh, and then send it out to uh, to our bosses every home stand to kind of let them know where we're at in comparison year over year. Um, and then San Lucio season usually over around Labor Day, which at that point September is usually kind of spent cleaning up, putting stuff away, kind of winterizing items. Then mm-hmm. uh, October, kind of get right back into it. We start thinking about spring training, season tickets, they usually go on sale in October, then our mini plans November, then individual games back in December. So the fall is uh, definitely a little bit slower. You know, we're not working weekends. We're just kind of at 930 to 530. Mm-hmm. Um, usually our staff kind of rotates. Everybody kind of takes a week off of vacation and cool. does something. Um, but it's you're not you're not bored. There's stuff to do for sure. It's not. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody, the big question for baseball employees, what are you guys doing in the offseason? Yeah, like, I know. Well, <laughs> there's not much of an off season, like yeah, it's a little slower, but especially yeah, with start, you, yeah, especially yeah, when you we guys start selling tickets training. again in October, so right. and season ticket renewals for spring training, you know, we got over 400 season ticket holders that I gotta, you know, reach out to and try and get their money. So it's right, it's a grind for sure, but it's <laughs> it's a lot of fun at the same time. So how many games do you work per year, including the spring training games? 
Um, it's usually around uh, 85 or so. There's We have 70 St. Lucie games, and then springs anywhere from, I think my lowest was 14, and then one year we had 18. But 15 is okay. about the average. That's that's what we were supposed to have this year. Okay. Uh, I think we only ended up having uh, 11 of them. We lost the last. No, we, we were supposed to have 16. We lost the last six. So. Right, right. And um, you were talking before we started recording, uh, you guys had some new stadium renovations there in St. Lucie. Can you talk about those a little bit? Yeah, so that took place all of last season. So 2019 spring training ends. The guys head for New York. The next morning we walk in and it is just filled with construction people. Like ceiling tiles are on the floor. The lockers are smashed. We got wires hanging from the ceiling. Right. And we're like, all right, we, we got to go. We got to get our stuff out of here. So we had moving companies come in, help us move out the furniture. Um, they kind of, I use this analogy. I, I've never played Fortnite, but I've, I've seen Fortnite. You know, you start off this big bubble, the big area you can play in, and slowly it just shrinks and shrinks until you got such a small space. Right. That's kind of how it was at the stadium. We had, you know, we spring training in, we had the whole stadium. And like a week later, we had, we're down to 50% all the way down to like 5% of the state and where we all were, we all had our stuff. Um, wow. We ended up moving into our minor league building, which is on the same properties, you know, just a different parking lot. Okay. Uh, but it, it was tight in there. It was, it was full in there before with our minor league employees, you know, like our rehab coordinators, our uh, minor league director of operations, the field coordinators, okay. uh, all those the type of personnel. So we moved in there, and, yeah, we all doubled up offices. I was sharing an office with our, our GM. You know, our, our social media girl was sharing an office with our corporate sales girl. It was it was close quarters for sure. I mean, a lot of times at the old stadium, we'd take lunches and bring our food in and kind of eat together. Not everybody was going. Like, I'm yeah. going to get out of here for an hour. Like, right. Give me some space. Uh, so we, we actually played our whole minor league season working out of that office. So we would walk over to the main stadium. The field was usable and okay. about 30% of the seats. So we'd walk over every night, probably a 10-minute walk from where our office was. Players would walk over to. We'd play the game. We had makeshift ticket booths that looked like you were like a high school football game kind of set up. Nice. So we're, we're like running wires to these things, hoping the Wi-Fi works that night so we can print tickets. Right. Souvenirs. We had a pop-up trailer, which was, it was a, not a great souvenir year as far as sales. Uh, we had fences all over. I mean, it was, the contractors would work during the day, tearing stuff up, and then we'd play at night. Um, it, it was, yeah, it was a crazy year. It was, I mean, we made it work. Um, attendance was obviously down. We only had 25, 30% of the stadium. There was like, what we had, there was no shade. It was Yikes. like a long walk to the back, just like a lot of little things, but we knew it would be worth it at the end. So the stadium, they kept working through the fall. It got close to spring training, and they had stuff to do, but um, they mm-hmm. made it happen, and, and now our new stadium is awesome. It was a shame we only got to do 10 of the 16 games this year, but um, some of the main things they did were, you know, in general, it's just it's like twice as big now yeah. like underneath, so... Brand new weight room, training room, clubhouse, kitchen, um, secondary locker room, brand new batting cages, brand wow. new pitching tunnels. Uh, we ended up getting a whole new turf field, like a new practice field. Oh, wow. Two, two brand new team stores, new ticket office. Every single office in there is new. 
um, for the executives like myself. We all got new offices. And then um, they added an elevator to help with flow of traffic. And then like a big thing for the fans, they added, um, well, they added new seats, but they also expanded our concourses. They're kind of tight, probably say 20 feet wide. Now they're 30, 40 wide. So you're not bumping into people when you're trying to navigate through there. Okay. It really feels like a, a lot closer to a big league ballpark now than a minor league ballpark. All right. Um, and then for our dollar night fans that we have on Thursday, we added a new uh, big tiki bar. Ooh. That's pretty awesome. So that sounds fun. I've uh, I this whole t- so I got out of uh, baseball in November, and I've been saying ever since I got out, I'm like, like man, I'm really looking forward to going to a game and and drinking some beers. Yeah, still hasn't happened. I I heard it's nice, but I still haven't gotten to do that. I know, and, and I'm still in it, but I think about that too. Like you see these dollar nights, and everybody's sitting there drinking dollar beers, watching the game. I was like, oh man, I can't wait. Yeah, and then like we'll have, I say we're off on a Thursday, and Jupiter, which is 45 minutes away, they're doing a dollar night. I'm like, nah, I really don't want to go see a baseball game right now. Uh, like, yeah, it's, it's gonna have to be like in the off season or, or sometime where I at least have a couple days off without seeing a baseball game. Yeah, yeah. I definitely hear you there. So you and I worked together as interns for the Williamsport Crosscutters, and then you went down to St. Lucie, and you were a ticketing and merchandise intern, and you worked your way up all the way to assistant general manager. Can you kind of just go into a little bit of detail of how you worked your way up and like what do you owe your success to? Yeah, so... We went to the winter meetings, myself and you in Nashville, that, that year after the Crosscutter season. Fun times. It was. It was a good time. <laughs> Stressful, but it was good. Yeah. So I ended up getting a intern offer for St. Lucie, so I took that, moved down here. I went through that year interning for ticketing merchandise, and then uh, the season ended, and, and that was that was kind of it. They, they didn't know if they had a spot for me. You know, they, they were happy with how I performed and all that, but it was more of kind of like, I think a budget thing. Like, do we have enough money to bring somebody else on full time? Right. Um, so I went back to PA. I left my car hoping that I would be back. So I flew up to PA for, it was, I think it went up October 1st and then, uh, worked with my dad who, who has a construction company. So stayed busy, made some money and then kept in contact with my bosses here. And they ended up making that position happen, uh, for a full time role in the merchandise and ticketing world. Um, so I moved back down January 1st, um, two more years in that position. And then my boss at the time, he left to, to take another job, um, which that pivoted me into the, I think it was like assistant manager. Now I'm a manager of ticketing merchandise. Okay. I uh, did that for two years and I was a director of ticketing merchandise, which that, that was more of a kind of a title change at that point I was doing the same stuff right and then uh, recently this past December I got promoted to uh, assistant general manager um, which I still do the ticketing and merchandise side um, but I do a lot more with the team now like the St. Lucie Mets team and I'm involved with their day-to-day um, do like their meal money like I mentioned okay. before um, the traveling a little bit here and there and then like game operation I make sure Hey, this team's ready. This team's ready. Umpires, you guys are ready. And national anthem this time today. We have a little league team on the field, so we need a first pitch. Stuff like that. Right. Just kind of being a just a contact for them if they need something. Um, a lot of these guys, they you know, if a coach wants a printer in his office, I got to go find you a printer. Stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
So it was just like a, it seemed like almost every two years I kind of took a little step and and that kind of kept me motivated. I kept getting you know rewarded every couple of years and and now the AGM position it's it's pretty awesome. Well, yeah, it sounds sounds like I had this AGM position too, but I just never had the title. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I, no, it, Beloit is a is a crazy place. It's all hands on deck. You're, I mean, you're dealing with very small staffs there. So, so, but yeah, I've done a lot of that stuff too, but never, never had the title for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like I've done it. The team stuff I did a little bit last year, um, but like like you said, there's a, like we our whole staff is doing everything. Right. Um, if it's a busy, I'll be rolling hot dogs if we have to. You know, our yep. our community relations girls will be up there flipping hammer, like whatever you know, whatever it takes. Oh, yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah, but I, I, there's just a lot of times where, you know, like at the end of a busy night, you got you got a, a game the next day, and um, I'm stocking shelves at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you know? it's, it's it's tough. It's not it's not beautiful behind the curtains. No, no, it is not. <laughs> um, but so most MILB employees tend to travel around for the right positions. Um, and you certainly traveled from Florida, from Pennsylvania, but you've stayed in St. Lucie for, what is it, eight years now? Yeah, 2013 I started. So, so it, it's, it's been a while. Yeah. Well, so what has kept you around so long and makes St. Lucie a great fit for you? Um, I mean, so when I got done with college and the crosscutters, I did want to travel. I wanted to go somewhere, kind of start fresh. Yeah, um, I got lucky with the Florida job. I mean, who doesn't you know want to live in Florida? I know Florida catches a lot of a lot of crap sometimes for being a bad state, but it it is awesome down here. Yeah. So I uh, I just built a lot of relationships with my coworkers. We've had a lot of um, people that have, have been there from the beginning for me, especially my two main bosses who treat me great, and I, I love working for them. So that's probably the main thing. I like I like working for them and my coworkers. We all get along great. Um, being that I did move down here, not knowing a single person, we spent a lot of time at work, obviously, but sure. we also spent a lot of time outside of work. Like right. they're they're my friend. Like everybody, I'm like really good friends with down here. I I work with at a stadium. Yeah, yeah, less. of course. So I got like a good friend group down here, and then I got you know my friends from home. So it's kind of like two separate families. Um, and then another big thing, which is like. Made me want to stay longer. I guess you could say is I rented an apartment for five the first five years, and then I finally made the move, bought a house. Um, so I've been enjoying being a homeowner, fixing up some stuff, um, just having my own space. Yeah. And then um, I think the other thing is that I've been here for so long, I've gotten to know the St. Lucie players every year. You're around them, you got a lot more accessibility. Mm-hmm. As far as when spring training comes, I'm not really in the clubhouse at all. They they got other important stuff to do. Right. So do I. But I get to know these St. Lucie guys when they're 19, 20, 21. And now a ton of them are in the big leagues. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, I know. Yo, Brandon, Nemo, yeah, how's, how's Brandon doing? And like, oh, you know him? Like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. a little bit. Like, we're not, we don't text, but like, you know. Right. So it's cool to see like your your friends be successful. Mm-hmm. And now now that I've been here so long, there's there's a lot of them in the big leagues. And, and even now with the house, I, I rent out a couple rooms. So. The younger okay. guys, you know, hey, if you make it big, you know, don't forget where you lived in yeah. 2018. You know? That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So, it's fun. Uh, I've gone along great with everybody, players, coaches, staff. So it's it's just a good area. And 
and then again, you know, the the beach is about twenty minutes away from the house right now. So yeah. no winters, no snow and Right. Still fly home for Christmas, get my little fix and then come back down. Yeah. I should have followed your lead, um <laughs> because <laughs> I wanted a fresh start too, but I moved to Wisconsin, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of probably similar weather to the Northeast Pennsylvania. Maybe yeah, a worse. yeah, man, it it was rough, but I did I do definitely miss that camaraderie of um, the MILB front office. You know, like you know, hanging hanging, you know, working working with my buddies, you know, all day, right. and um, you know just making fun of them and all that kind of stuff. Now I work, I'm the only man in an, in an insurance office. So it's, everybody has all the other ladies, they have kids and stuff. And I just, I just can't relate. I mean, I, we, me and my fiance, we treat our dog like a kid, but that's that's about it. There's quite a few that have kids in our office now too. Not everybody, but uh, the one the one girl has like a three year old and she's oh he didn't sleep last night and then my my girlfriend we have a cat and I'm like yeah the cat didn't sleep either right kids you know <laughs> brutal oh, so yeah it's the same I'm, oh, you know, <laughs> trying to relate yeah yeah you're trying to but it's, yeah. yeah but no it's it's great that we have a lot of fun and I mean you, you gotta like who you work with when in minor league baseball we're nine o'clock to ten o'clock on game days I and mean, it's twelve thirteen hour days so yeah yeah no I'm I'm getting married in December, and um, you know a few of the my fellow coworkers that I've worked with in MILB they're gonna they're gonna be my groomsmen. So, so yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. you know that's that's the kind of bond that you make with with your um, with your fellow coworkers. But um, so a big portion of your job description involves sales, right? Yeah, yeah, ticket sales okay. and, and yeah, even merchandise sales. All right. So, what is your biggest key to being successful in sales? I think the biggest key for me is like the customer service aspect. Mm-hmm. Like, you're always going to have problems, or people might get confused on certain things, and um, I just like to be personal with them and, and be really honest. Um, especially with spring training, you know, we we get a lot of tickets that are bought on secondary markets like StubHub and okay. stuff like that and um, sometimes people get confused they think they they might have bought them from us they want their money back and you know we got, kind of got to explain like hey like we would but we can't like you didn't buy them from us mm-hmm. you know, we, we don't have the money to return necessarily right uh, a lot of times they, they get frustrated but as long as you're like nice and kind of explain it to them walking through trying to help them it, everybody seems to be they get on board eventually, I guess you could say. Right. And then um, when the St. Lucie season, I just like to touch base with my season ticket holders because it's a smaller group mm-hmm. compared to spring training. Yeah. Um, spring training, they're they're from all over. A lot of from New York, actually, and they just fly down for the month. But sure. St. Lucie people are, they're all within 15, 20 minutes of the stadium. So just stay in contact with them a lot. I like to stop by their seats during the games when it's slow and just right say how's it going oh anything you, you think we could improve or any thoughts and and they they love that they they they, they like just to have some attention on them and mm-hmm. and just feel like somebody's there caring about them sure and that's what i try and do just talk to them like normal talk to them like a friend like hey this oh, is yeah. what's going on yeah that's how you make long-standing connections so, yeah you know, I, I definitely so, agree with you there um so we're gonna wrap up this episode with Kyle right after this break.
All right, Kyle. Welcome back. We didn't go anywhere. Um, You and I interned together for the Williamsport Crosscutters and then went to Nashville for the baseball winter meetings to pursue jobs. Do you want to share any stories from from back in the day? Yeah, this was a tough one because there's there's a couple stories that we'll have to talk talk a little off the air on. Yeah, Um, but no, like uh, the crosscutter days, that was that was my first like real experience in the minor league baseball. Um, I went there just looking for a part time job, and then um, Gabe kind of brought me in as like one of the full season interns, I guess you could call us. There's like five or six of us, and then. And then you and uh, what Brent and Sarah were like a little step ahead. Yeah, we so were we, we were there, there all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just came in and game days like five o'clock, and we're out of there by ten or so. Um, one of my favorite theme nights, I guess you could say, was when we had those um, monkeys riding the dogs around the field. Oh yeah, those were pretty cool. I don't, yeah, like these little monkeys riding. I don't know, they look like sheep dogs or corgi looking dogs, and yeah, we got the kind of play with them behind the scenes you know when when they weren't on the field so that that was pretty fun um and then even even just starting to build the camaraderie back then you know we'd get there and we'd wipe off all the bleachers together and yeah talk about what you did that day uh, and then from the winter meetings i just remember being at your house before we left just drinking some yinglings thinking like man i hope this works like, yeah this is we spent quite a bit of money just to get our name out there and uh, that's true let's hope we get a couple a uh, couple bites and then once we got there i remember handing in all my resumes passing them out like basically applying for everything mm-hmm. i only had a couple left and i was like looking over it after i'd passed everything out i was like oh man I, I spelled a word wrong right there like first line i forget what it was like something spelled wrong i think i pointed uh, that out to you yeah Not, you i wasn't trying did. to i wasn't trying to be a, a d-bag or anything <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I was like, well, I guess uh, head down to the bar and hope I get an email if somebody wants to talk to me. You know? <laughs> Thankfully, I got I got the two interviews and took the one. So yeah, yeah, I just remember that being like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, that's okay. I do remember you also. Um, we had a salute to Bacon Night, and you oh, wore yeah. you wore a bacon costume the whole game. Did I threw out the first pitch? That was the that's the only time I've thrown out a first pitch. And oh I will wow! Say it was a strike. It was a there you go. It's pretty good toss in a full size bacon costume. Yeah, that was definitely took a little uh, took a little of my velocity off being restricted like that. But we still yeah. got the location. Down. Hey, that's all that matters. You're better than Fifty Cent. That's for sure. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, we've got some bad ones down here too. Yeah, look out, cameraman. So you've ordered your fair share of merchandise for St. Lucie. What has been your absolute favorite merchandise item that you've designed? That's a tough one because yeah, it's been it's been a while. Um, I did a hat this year with New Era. They they um they have a pretty cool setup. They all the Florida buyers for the spring training they they take over to Tampa and we all meet. Oh, we okay. sit down. Um, like basically, it's a full day. Every team gets a day. And they bring their design guy down, and we basically start from scratch. He's got his laptop going away at it, and we we build a hat. Like, I could say anything, any color, any style. He gives you some templates, any logo. But we made a nice – it's kind of like a beachy-themed one. It was a white snapback with some blue and orange Mr. Met logo running. Um, It it did really well in in spring this year. And then um, it's tough. I was was talking um, earlier – 
to my girlfriend about like the merchandise question. I was like, man, I think I order a ton of good stuff and then it comes in and it's not moving. And then yeah. this other stuff and I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Like it's not for me, but somebody might like it. You know, you gotta have a little bit for everything. Right. That stuff's fine off the shelf. So I'm starting to learn a little bit what people down here like, but okay. I, like I said, I, we, we order all this stuff in June and July, uh, sometimes August. And then it comes in in January, and I'm opening the box. I'm like, "This is like Christmas." I don't even, I don't even remember what I ordered. Right. And you open it, and you're like, "Oh, are, are you sure? Is this right?" And you go through the emails, like, "Yeah, that's that's one we we got to move here." So, nice, but it, it's fun. They give me, um, they give me pretty much full reign on what I'm ordering. You know, as long as I stay within cool. budget, I can kind of do whatever I want. So very cool. I, I definitely talk to the the females in the office to give me some of the the ladies what they're wearing yeah, nowadays so you have to yeah that too much um but no overall i think our store does does really well and and everybody seems to like it so. okay perfect and uh i understand that you see another former crosscutters intern and pulling tarp guest sarah campbell semi-frequently because you guys live decently close to each other what, yeah i think we're about 45 minutes or so yeah what a small world man what's it like running into her on occasion do you guys throw it back to the cross cutters days yeah the first the first couple times we we definitely you know threw it back to the cross cutter days now every year which i'm not sure if we will this year or not but we see each other we do a st lucy met versus uh roger dean stadium softball game okay uh, with the staff so we do home and home or we do like home in st lucy one year home in roger dean the next year um, so I see her once you were that. I, I think we might be like three and three. I think we might be even now. Ooh, we uh, I remember the game last there. year. Uh, last year was brutal. We were in Jupiter. We we got up like ten nothing in the third inning, and we ended up losing like thirteen to twelve. It was it was bad. But I see her there. Um, winter meetings. She's um, she's there. We we see each other, and then on um, our league meetings, we both. You know, since we moved up, we both start to go to our actual league meetings now. Whereas yeah. before, it was only the GMs and AGMs. So right. we see each other there. So yeah, it's probably three, four times a year. And no, it's always good to see a familiar face from back home. And you know, we always talk about crosscutters or when when are you going home? Or the two part, the, the two piece tarp. Yeah, winter meetings. We talk about how cold it is in Pennsylvania right now, and yep. how we're in San Diego. <laughs> Yeah, do you run it? Do you run into any other crosscutters folks at uh, the winter meetings? I uh, see Gabe and Doug usually. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know if I talk to him this year, but I definitely see him every year. I talked to. I remember when we were in DC. I got to talk to Gabe for a little bit. Okay, but um, usually it's just those two. I'm not sure if they bring anybody else or if it's somebody that that I even would know at this point. All right. Do you do you want to dive into the the two the two piece tarp a little bit? <laughs> Not really, man. That thing was so it's like a it's basically two tarps, right? And then you got to roll the one out, and then you you roll the other one out too, and then you got to add tires at some point and overlap. Yeah. All, all I remember is it would it would take like say it doesn't seem that long but say five minutes to get this thing out well when it's raining five minutes is a lot so it just seemed like every time we got it out the field was either already soaked and unplayable or the rain had already stopped and then we're pulling it back off yeah so i explained it to sarah and i believe that they had gotten those tarps used from uh the little league world series so they weren't big enough to cover a full 
like professional field so that's why you would roll one out from the first base side and roll another one out from the third base side and then you at the seam like at the crossover like you would put tires underneath it but it would make sense if you had enough um staff maybe to roll them both out at the same time but we never did it was like all right we got the first base one off and then you know, we're gassed. Yeah, and then it's like, oh man, we got to go do do put another tarp yeah. on. Oh, I know. We were, we're we're still tough to pull it down here because when it, it rains down here, it just dumps. So you, you got like a minute to get it on. But yeah, at least we have like a, a Torah, like a tractor to kind of pull it out, and then we oh, just okay. like roll it out, and then we pull it. So right. But no, we we've gotten stuck before. Like you, we go first base to third and get to shortstop, and it's just too wet, like dragging, and yep. the crowds like laughing at you and you're soaking wet like, yeah double header tomorrow guys i don't, I don't yeah know what to say. we try in uh in wisconsin there were a few times where we pulled tarp with like four people and it was yeah awful but it's oh it's it's brutal so down here in the afternoon yeah. it, it rains like every day so you're running from the office put the tarp on 10 minutes later the sun's on it's 90 pull the tarp off you know, an hour later, and it's it's because well, if you leave it on in the sun, it's gonna burn the grass. It's, right, right. At least you're getting like your exercise in. I, I suppose. Yeah, that's that's the one thing I don't miss about not having games uh, for the last two months right. is pulling tarp. I haven't pulled the tarp once in 2020. So yeah, um, I tweeted a while ago, and I was like, you know what, I. Cause, cause, like, I, I, I can't go to the gym or anything like that, and like, I just take like my dog on really long walks and stuff, and like, mm-hmm. and I sometimes I walk to my office, which is about a thirty minute walk, um, but I'm just like, man, I almost, just almost, like, with the lack of sports and everything like that, I almost miss pulling tire. Almost, I'm not there yet. Yeah, but so. Let's take a moment to talk about um, your high school career. So you're from Sullivan County, Pennsylvania, and I expect most of the listeners not to know where that is. Um, No chance. It is really up there in the sticks. Um, And my high school used to play yours in sports a lot. Um, And I remember – so Sullivan County, correct me if I'm wrong, most of it is like – hunting cabins and stuff like that right yeah it's all it's all woods it's yeah there's there's no cities or towns i think we have a one red light in the whole entire county Um, that is that's crazy and so so the whole high school went to one county i think my graduating class which was probably the biggest we've had since then was 72 kids 73 something like that okay so yeah we didn't we didn't have a lot of people there we had we had um it was also seven through twelve it was there's no middle school yeah once you graduate sixth grade you're you're in high school basically that's that's really crazy honestly so so it's super small i'm not gonna go into too much detail about uh my high school kicking your high school's butt in soccer um we both played on the soccer teams we both know it happened but I think we might have got one or two in there, but yeah, you guys were you guys had a good team, and I do remember playing you too. You were you left back or right back? Yeah, yeah, like, usually center back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I don't even know what the field was called. I just remember the one game, and I thought we 
probably had you guys, but I think you scored like two late. You guys had, I don't remember, I forget his name, but somebody was super fast on the wing. Like this little skinny kid. He was just fly. Was like, Did he play basketball too? Maybe. We didn't uh, like we didn't play them or play you guys too much in basketball. A lot in the summer. Um, yeah. but you guys were a little bit bigger than us as far as I think you guys were double there, right? Basketball. Uh yeah, I think so. Yeah. But no, yeah, you guys had you guys had a lot of good athletes on that team. I sure. I did not make the basketball team. I tried out. <laughs> I did not make it. Um I'm a I'm a little uh, a little chunkier than you and also shorter. So yeah. um it didn't work didn't work out for me. But I do love the game of basketball. But I wanted to touch on the fact that you are a really good basketball player. You were even a thousand point scorer in high school, right? Yeah, yeah. Ended up uh, a little over thirteen hundred in in the three varsity years. So, okay. no, basketball is definitely my sport. Um, we had some really good teams, really really good players on our teams as well. Yeah, um, I think I think we had twenty four games every year, something like that, and I think we won over twenty games all three years. Yeah, that year. you averaged you averaged just a hair over seventeen points a game. I looked at your max preps page. <laughs> yeah, I think it was yeah seventeen one year, eighteen one year, and sixteen one year, something like that. But right. no, it was it was a lot of fun. I definitely miss it a lot. Um, just the guys and everything that was that was my big my big thing in high school and even growing up it was just basketball 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 right you know and just live and live and diet and then yeah spring or, or fall i guess soccer was I'd, I'd knock the soccer ball around kind of stay in shape for basketball yeah. and yeah but um with such a small school the whole soccer team basically played basketball and the whole basketball team played soccer right so. you guys didn't have yeah. a baseball team right no we did but like like none of us really played baseball okay I don't but you guys definitely don't have a football team. No, no, definitely no football. Yeah. Soccer, basketball, baseball, cross country, and then, uh, you know, the girls' sports, basketball, soccer, softball. I did want to ask you, um, so I go up to Sullivan County. Um, I haven't gone in quite a long time, but um, my uncle has a has a cabin up there. And um, that he's part owner of, and uh, we always go to the Forksville uh, General Store and get mm-hmm. cheesesteaks. Oh yeah, that I, um, that place is awesome. I had one in uh, like over Christmas break. I went there. Yeah, nice. Uh, one of the girls I went to high school with, she was in our grade. Her um, her family owns and runs that, so okay. we like to stop by, say hi to her, and then yeah, their their food's awesome right there. Oh yeah, and you got like the the mountain covered bridge setting in the background. Mm-hmm. And, no, yeah, we. I usually try and hit that spot up whenever I get home. It's, it's definitely yeah. one of the top places to check out. Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, there's just there's li- like you can't even get like cell phone reception in most of your county. Uh, um, no, like I I live in like the biggest part, uh, which is Dushore, and that that's the, we have the red light, so we we got that going for us. But, yeah, I mean like the closest like McDonald's is forty five minutes, a Walmart is fifty minutes, a Target's an hour. You know, there's. We have gas stations, grocery stores, beer stores, and like these little like a Forksville General store that you can get subs from, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But no, I think we have a subway, but that's probably the only mainstream type of business. Okay. Really see around. Wow, wow, it's it's and then and then you move to Florida where everything's at an arm's length. Oh, I know. Like, I I never had like Chipotle before I moved down here, and now yeah. I eat it, you know once a week, stuff like that. There's 
from the stadium where I'm at, there's there's honestly probably forty different lunch options within five minute drive. Well, it's so. funny, like even in Williamsport, like like yeah, that's that's a, a big city, like to you maybe, yeah. but um, like I had never eaten at a Chick Fil A until I moved to Maryland. Like right, it's, me neither. Down yeah. here now, there's one two minutes down the road right here. Yeah, and, yeah, which is not great for me. But. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I, I understand. But oh, like Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, none of yeah. that existed up there. So. Yeah. So, Kyle, where can the listeners find you on social media? I know you're not on a lot of platforms. It was kind of hard trying to find some information <laughs> about you. I mean, luckily I knew you beforehand, but yeah, no, I kind of stay off the grid a little bit. I do have an Instagram. Um, it's K underscore underscore Gleckler, which is G L E O C K L E R. And um, I, I also have a Twitter that I, I really just use for news and sports updates, but it's also the same uh, the same handle there, K underscore Gleckler. Okay, perfect. And you've listened to some other episodes. I know you listen, you at least listened to the one with Sarah Campbell. Um, but we we finish every episode with the same question: What has been the best walk up or warm up song you've heard in your minor league baseball career and whose was it so i'm, I'm gonna cheat a little bit because this is one of the major league guys okay. but he was rehabbing with us so but um yoan assessed for this and i didn't know this beforehand so i'm at the stadium he's up the bat you know next up the bat yoan assessed for this and the circle of life theme song from the lion king comes out nice. and all you hear is like it's probably a monday or tuesday like not many people there and just loud <laughs> and here comes Sesquis out of the dugout. I was like, what is going on? Why are we playing the Lion King theme song? So that, that one so really sticks out. And then I got um more of a funny one. One of our players last year, I think he lost a bet or something. And like I'm sure a ton of guys do. But <laughs> he had a mean by Taylor Swift. Okay. The whole game. And it was like a dollar night, which... We were pretty packed on those nights, so nice. Just the someday I'll be living in a big old city, and he strolls out and nice. head down. Nice. I'm gonna but, I'm gonna have to do some editing and like kind of mash those two together. I think. Yes, yes. Yeah. I will say though, he I think that night he went two for four or something, two for five, there so he go. kept it for another game. All right. And then I, then I think he he's like, all right, I can't do this anymore. This is bad. <laughs> All right, all right, yeah, yeah. Check uh, out, check out the Cespas one. They they have videos. I'm doing it at City Field too. I was watching last night. Live okay, yeah. Fans holding up baby Simbas and everything. All right, nice, nice. All right, perfect. Well, thank you for coming on to the Pulling Tart Podcast, Kyle. I really appreciate you. And um and yeah, just uh, when this comes out, you know, tell all your friends, family. All this stuff it'll it'll come out uh, Thursday morning at six a.m. so they can listen to it anytime after that. But. Awesome! No, I definitely will, and I appreciate you reaching out and uh, having me on here. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Yeah, good catching up with you, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, buddy. Yep, thank you.
gotta be so mean. You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.